Thank the gods I've found you, he said. What business brings you out this way? Travel along this road is forbidden after sunset, Artorius replied. My name is Julius Indus, and I bring an urgent message for your commander, the rider replied. Please, my time is short, and it won't be long before they notice that I am gone. There was no mistaking the nervousness in his voice. Indus, you're one of Sacrevere's men, aren't you? Artorius asked. That is correct. Please, I beg you, take me to Master Centurion Calvinus without delay. My message is urgent and cannot wait. Artorius nodded and motioned for the rest of the section to rise to their feet. Leave your weapon with my men and come with me, he said. Indus nodded and dismounted his horse. He immediately unbuckled his sword, which was taken by Valens. Artorius signalled for Indus to follow him. As they entered the small building that Calvinus was using for the detachment's headquarters, an orderly inside rose up from behind the desk in the centre of the room. I need you to fetch the Master Centurion. Tell him it's urgent, Artorius told the legionary, who nodded and went into one of the rooms in back. Moments later, Calvinus walked into the room, having hastily thrown on his tunic and was wiping his eyes of sleep. Artorius stepped off to a corner by the front door and stood with his hands clasped behind his back. Indus, what the hell are you doing here at this hour? Calvinus asked. He knew that the Gallic noblemen would not have come all the way to their outpost without reason. Indus did not hesitate to explain. I only regret that it has taken me this long to get my message to you. I ask that you forgive my delays. However, it is only this night that I have been able to get away without rousing suspicion. Honourable Centurion Calvinus, I regret to inform you that you have been betrayed. Martina cared not for the intricacies of imperial politics. In truth, she found the entire Julio-Claudian family to be rather perverse. When not fighting the world, they were fighting each other. So, Plancina played no part in the ordeal then, Livia mused, hoping that Martina would take the bait. Oh, I wouldn't say that, she replied, and paused thoughtfully. For once, she was the one who was ambiguous as to what should be done. She knew, by incurring Germanicus's ill will, her husband was in jeopardy, not to mention Agrippina. She's quite the vindictive one. I almost wish they had asked me to do her as well. I probably would have done it for free. The pleasant smile on Livia's face was no longer pleasant, as Martina suddenly felt a stabbing pain in her belly. Oh, I must have eaten too fast, she said with a short, unconvincing laugh. She began to feel hot and sticky, sweat beaded on her forehead. She looked at Livia in alarm. The Empress's demeanour was no longer pleasant. You underestimated the Julio-Claudians. You really did, Livia said, almost conversationally. You obviously believe the slander, and thought I could have been so ruthless as to have had a hand in the murder of my own blood. You are an abomination. Martina was suddenly in a panic. Her stomach was turning in knots, and she was starting to feel dizzy. She went to reach for Livia, only to find that her hand was trembling badly and refused to function properly. Martina might have been little more than a peasant, but she was not stupid, and realised why Livia had arranged their meeting. She tried to stand, but found her body was already too weak to support her bulk, and she fell ungracefully on the floor. What is going to happen to me? she asked, her eyes wide with panic. Livia stood over her. 
You should know. It's what you gave Germanicus. Her voice was icy as she continued. I know history and slanderers will forever damn me, finding some way to connect me to his death. But my own conscience is clear, knowing that in my little way I avenged my grandson.'